Hi everybody, welcome to the Rambling Toffee Podcast. I am Mark. I hope everybody's doing well this Monday. Another week, um, you know, you just you just feel where the weekends go at this rate. Um, yeah, so uh, welcome to the to the this episode. Um, I'll be t- discussing today um, the Fulham game. Um, I, since last Monday, obviously, I didn't not done my uh, review of the Fulham game and also the Tottenham game, obviously from Saturday. Um, and obviously anything in between or anything else that comes to my mind as we go through this podcast. So hope everybody's doing well. So yes, let's start off with the Fulham game. Uh, obviously with all the injuries that um, we've had, like with Decore, Anana, um, and injuries at you know obviously Patterson um, is not being given yet. <laughs> I think since the game, uh, I think it was Gates Luton where he was quite disappointing in in his performance. Um, we didn't have Seamus Coleman. Ashley Young was coming back, I think, but it was decided that um, for the full game, Ben Godfrey came in um, into that position. Obviously, it's not his preferred position, as we all know, but he came in um, to take that position and Patterson was on the bench. Um, yes, I, I can understand the decision regarding that. I just feel that at the moment, Patterson, I don't know if it's his confidence or whatever, inexperience. Um, but I just felt against Luton, he was just uh, a little bit all over the place. And, I mean, they were just getting getting down that wing and he was just out of position quite frequently. So, in that in that instance, you know, Ben Goffrey came in, um, you know, the last game, obviously, against Burnley, he played well. And it looks like he's sitting patiently, um, transfer window, he, he hasn't moved on, obviously, so he's still at the club. And I think we need all the players that we can have at this moment in time. Uh, especially with all the injuries and not having that money, obviously, or any kind of money to reinforce and bring anybody else, additional players coming in, um, obviously. So, yes, it was the right decision for him to make that call for him to come in. Uh, stake his claim, basically, to get some game time. So, yes, other than that, of course, Dan Juma started as well. Um, you know, he giving it another opportunity to actually go out there and, you know, Put a performance in. Um, so he's given the opportunity, of course, with Nana missing. We've, we're still missing Adrissa Garnagay. So it, it was like um, a decision was made to put Ashley Young for in, in on the wing. But I think I think Jack Harrison was playing more centrally. Dwight McNeil playing on the left side and Ashley Young taking on the right side. Um, so, yes, and, and then, of course, with James Garner uh, in the middle. Um taking those positions so it was you know it was just thrown together players that we have and just basically go for it and of course with Dominic Calvert-Lewin you know starting as per usual as um, as he has been doing uh, recently um, so yes but you know everybody was a bit you know worried and thinking oh god we have to put and put this team together how are we going to get results we need results we need to get points we need to Keep on going, um, keep on, um, and actually, in all honesty, I thought our counter attacking was really, really good in the game. I felt we had opportunities to win the game, obviously. Um, of course, the good old VAR coming into the equation again, and good old, you know, uh, decision making by the referees, as per usual, as regard, you know, the decision to not give a penalty uh, when when the, when the opportunity came and hit the bar, bounced down. On the line, obviously, it wasn't given as a goal from there, obviously, because he didn't cross the line fully. And then hit um, their defender on, on the hand. His hands was right out. 
wide and, and should have been a penalty. And it's just been every week, as, as every podcast I've talked about, every week it seems to be VAR, as per usual, seem to be making decisions that, you know, we can see on the field, watching it live, um, and you can see it on the TV that basically, you know, it was a penalty. And the fact is that the, the, the excuse at the beginning of it was his arms were like that raised uh, downwards and not out wide, and which was a bit baffling. And then he got the other story that he, he didn't, you know, wasn't expecting it. But in reality, when that ball bounced, he, he was looking up when that ball hit the crossbar. So he knew that the, what, the ball, what was going to happen when that ball was going to bounce down. He put his arm out. So anyway, that's digress on that one. As per usual, um, you know, we we all moaned about it. We all said it was a penalty. I think, you know, on social media, even uh, Paddy, um, Paddy Powers basically was saying, you know, that's definitely a penalty, so don't give him to Everton or anything like that. We haven't had a penalty this season. So for me, it was just like never-ending. And it's just... I'm getting tiresome of it, and it's just like I'm getting fed up. It seems to be the PGM MOL are doing nothing about it, and they just continue doing nothing about any of these decisions. And they seem to be going against clubs like Everton, Wolves again, you know, in their game against uh, Manchester United. So, yeah, so there was an opportunity there to have a penalty to, you know, score. We deserved, we played well. They played well. It was a good, good end to end game of football. It was an entertaining game of football. Um, but, you know, you know, it was positive in one sense of mind that we were playing well and a lot better than we have been, especially against Luton Tower, where we were disappointing in that game. Um, but it was it was an okay performance with the players that we have at our disposal at this moment in time. Dan Juma was okay; he was getting there until he got injured, obviously late on. Um, but you know, we had got Lewis Dobbin came on, you know, did really well. Uh, but, you know, we had chances right at the end, obviously, at the end of the game, which, you know, Beto should have scored. It was, you know, on his head, he should have, he should have put that in the back of there, how close it was. It was one of those miss of the season scenario where, you know, he should have buried it, basically. And then there was that other scramble from the corner right right at the, at the end of the game where Godfrey miskicked and, you know, and then, it, then Beto tried to hit it and then everything else, it just didn't go in. And it was just like, look at it. We had an opportunity to take three points there, um, and you know, as as performance-wise, defensively, really, really good defensive performance. Pickford made the absolutely fantastic save. Um, you know, you know, top draw. I mean, that's eight. That was eight clean sheets uh, this season for him, and you know, he's doing better than anybody else. But he doesn't get the plaudits, obviously, from the national media and nationally. You just seem to find something to have a go at regarding Jordan Pickford, but, uh, you know, but that's just the way things are at this moment in time. It's just that we don't get any kind of plaudits for anything that we do right or do well at. Only if you're a, you know, local journalist or local media or you've seen it, you know, as a, as a fan. Godfrey played well, I thought, coming into that position. He's not played for a while. He made a great challenge, a uh, great um, interception when they were going forward. It looks like it was just to be uh, a simple... Uh, goal that was going to take place and you know he came in and did did his thing and he was able to clear it he, and it was a good performance from his part and he deserved to actually start in the Tottenham game so but 
you know, it was it was good. We come away with a point. We didn't concede again. We, we were hard to beat as usual. Um, and it was getting back to basics again because obviously we tried to uh, play four four two in the Luton game, which obviously didn't work. Um, obviously injuries, you know, were a key on that situation or why it was obviously tried to go four four two, but you know it didn't work. And we move on. We went reverted back to what we we've been playing all season. Um, yeah, so let's say that point. That's what we needed. You know, we we do need the points at this moment in time, but. You know, it's the start. You know, it's better than getting nothing at the moment, um, and especially with the amount of injuries that we currently have. So, yes, yeah, so that was the Fulham game. Uh, we then, obviously, Tottenham on Saturday. Um, it was going to be a difficult game, as as per it's Tottenham. You know, they are a good team. They've got some good players. We all know about Richarlison. You know what to expect from him. But, um, you know, the team itself, it reverted back to, the, you know, the uh, our usual formation and tactics. It was great to see Idris Gay back in um, and take the position. Obviously, Anana's still injured. Obviously, uh, is still injured. Obviously, he's on the grass at the moment. Hopefully, as we come up to the City game, he may be available. He may not. I don't know. We'll find out in the press press conference nearer, near to the game on Saturday for that one. Um, but they were, they were two players in our midfield that were out injured. So, um, it... it he went with Idrissa Garner Gay, he went with uh, James Garner in centrally, and I think he put uh, Jack Harrison, who played the Decore role uh, behind Dominic Calvert Lewin, and uh, Dwight McNeil, um, and Ashley Young, uh, still is, is stuck to his role in the midfield on the right hand side, and Dwight McNeil took the left hand side and continued with Ben Godfrey, and, and everything other than that was, was the same. As it has been for most of the season, so um, so yes, it it was um, from my perspective, it was uh, a good start in the first half. We had opportunities in the game, um, you know, throughout that first half. But of course, quite early on, one moment, you know, I think for Tottenham in that first half, I think they didn't create that much opportunities. They got a couple of opportunities. The first one, of course, three minutes in, and Richarlison scored. You know, just typical, just break on, on, on the break. One opportunity, bang, it was in. And, you know, it was like, here we go again. But we we kept on going, we kept on plucking away. And I thought the passing was a bit better. It was a lot more movement. We weren't giving it away as much. I felt the Drissagana game just came in and was absolutely fantastic. Uh, just nipping the ball off everybody and getting, getting us moving forward a bit more. Uh, Jack Harrison, I felt again because he's been put in that central behind Dominic Calvert uh, was more busier, got the ball more, and was uh, probing a little bit more, and he was he was a little bit a little bit more freedom in that position, um, and we saw the difference in that. So it, you know that was a positive. Um, I felt Dwight McNeil's performance was a little bit off um, on Saturday. He wasn't at the races to an extent. A lot of his crosses were. Either going a little bit too far, um, in too far wide, and not hitting the targets that we tend to see with him um, in games, especially in that first half, he's running around trying to to do things. He was just giving the ball away. It was just a one of those games for him. I don't know. It was just one of those games for him. But when when he's at his best, we we see what what he is capable of. Um, but yeah, going forward, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Was just getting about. He was he was 
hustling, he was, you know, pressing, he was doing everything he possibly can to, you know, do his job. And, you know, we were, we got the equaliser. And it would have been great if, you know, he had got it, he finally scored. But obviously, he's been um, given to Jack Harrison. Uh, but, you know, one all, we thought, you know, we're doing well, we're getting forward, we're creating again. I think the XG is about 2.2 or something to what Tottenham was about, 0.9 or something, whatever. So we were really, really good at creating, you know, getting in the opportunities. But again, it's having, you know, them opportunities and putting them in the back of the net. And as it has been all season, we can create and create and create. We've just not been able to put them in the back of the net. Um, and of course, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think, with the injury and getting back into... You know, his fitness, obviously, he's back to his best with, with regard to his, his fitness. But he's not scoring goals. I don't know how many now. Is it 16 games or something like that he's not scored? And you just hope that that goal, when it went, you hope it would be credited to him. It might have given him an even bigger boost, you know, to score. And finally, you know, finally, we can get him moving again. Um, but he had... He had a good performance. He played. He played really, really well. He he run the lines. He did did everything what a striker would do, but not just he just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And sadly, that one opportunity that we all thought he did score, it was it was stroked off and given to Jack Harrison. So you know you go with it anyway. So we were doing well, and of course they just broke. And then again, it was a fantastic finish by um, Richarlison again. Great finish, and it was like, oh, here we go again. It was just like we've done all that work and all that effort with a team that's just been made up and moved around, you know. And you just thought, you know, are we going to get any kind of rubber degree, any kind of look, any kind of for the opportunities that we have created? Are we going to get these opportunities? Are they going to go in the back of the net? And as much as you can keep on creating, at the end of the day, we need we need to win football matches, and it just feels like we're not getting the opportunities. You know, we're not. It's just not falling in the right place, and or we get the opportunity and we just make the wrong decision. And you saw that throughout. There's players that got the ball, and you think that hey, good position to shoot, and then they go and try and pass it or try to do something different. And it's like they're a bit fearful of making, you know, being confident enough to go right. I'm going to go for it, and that's probably what what has been happening. What is currently happening at the moment is that we're getting in the opportunities and getting into the places, but it's confidence and then just the wrong cause and the wrong decision. And it's just been like that all season. And when it does work, we've seen it as well this season that, you know, we, you know, we scored two, three goals. We, we, we can score and score lots and lots of goals, but it's just not, it's, it's a confidence thing, but it doesn't help with injuries and everything else. But anyway, the first half we're two, one down. It's like all that work. And, and, and I just generally thought, you know, Hopefully, come out in the second half, we can put the effort in again, do the same things, and you know, hopefully we'll get we'll get back into the game. And you know, it was um, but we came into the second half and we started off okay, and then all of a sudden it seems to be Tottenham changed things for themselves, or they upped their game a bit more, um, and they were having the ball a little bit more, more of the possession, getting forward a bit more creating one or two opportunities and everything else. So it seems we will be pushing back on it. But then then we started to play our game again and we started to try and probe again. We started trying to get forward. And it just felt that 
you know, we we just, you know, we need to change it. And I just noticed, I think, like everybody else, you know, at the moment, you know, the manager, you know, he makes substitutions quite late, it seems to be. And it was getting to, I think, 78 minutes or something like that. And, you know, I was thinking, are we, are we making these changes? Because I know it's a criticism. And I know a friend of mine who I go to the game with, he said, you know, we haven't got the players on the pit on on the bench who can come and effectively change things, you know. And you know we haven't we have to play with the team that we currently have, but but also you have to give them chances because if you look what he did, he made the call and bring Lewis Dobbin on, he brought Jimitty on, and Beto came on a little bit later on. But the two of them came on, and it was that vibrancy of the pace. Of Lewis Dobbin, you just got the ball and you just ran up, ran up Tottenham, and he got a crossing to Jimitty. Jimitty had the opportunity. If he was a little bit more confident, he could have controlled it and put it in the net. But it was that instinctive moment to try and just put his foot on it, and it just went into the goalkeeper's um, hands. Quite a simple save for him in the end. But they came on and they started to move around. He started to make. Um, a kind of impact and we started to move the ball forward we started to get more corners and we started to create get ourselves into positions and obviously the goalkeeper for Tottenham is a weakness on corners and, and free kicks and everything like that and, and set pieces so we had to you know let's get them in the box um, and you know we, it, we just kept on pushing and pushing and pushing and you know Beto came on obviously and he was bustling about everything else, just causing just mischief. Yes, you know, we, we still need to see the best of him. We need to do his job as a striker, which is scoring goals. But he'd go on the field and just was messing, you know, getting on, getting at the centre-backs, getting at the back, trying to cause as much uh, mayhem as he possibly could. And then, of course, you know, we went, we had seven minutes of injury time. Um... I think it was Jamie James Garner with a free kick went right in, flicked on by uh, Ramos. I think it was, and of course Brad Bradfite was right in the you know got the ball in the net, equalised, and well deserved, deserved deserved a point. But we could have deserved we could have even had three points. But to get that at the end, the atmosphere in the stadium was fantastic. I'll come on to that in a bit. Um, the fact that the atmosphere in the stadium it was fantastic. And it didn't help by the way the referee was officiating the game. Uh, Oliver was, he's been terrible, he's a terrible referee. And the decisions he was making late on, decisions throughout the game, it was like he was trying everything he possibly can to not give us goals. I mean, the VAR check on the first goal, I think there was a VAR check and I think obviously he cleared. I think it was something to do with the goalkeeper might have been pushed, but... It was given, and then that one, it was about, was it three, four minutes? Just kept kept waiting and waiting to see if it was actually given. And, you know, it's just dragged it and dragged it on. And it, it was like the VAR, not just with him, but the VAR t- officials, They it was like, it felt like they were trying everything they possibly can not to give a goal. And I don't know, maybe I'd be a conspiracy theorist, maybe I'm being a little bit over over the top there, but... You know, it feels like it's every week. You know, we talked about Wolves and everything else regarding them, you know, and then decisions that have been made against them. It just feel, it just, it just feels like, you know, they're, tr- they're trying everything they possibly can to not give us the decisions that we want. 
And as I said about the penalty calls, we've just had plenty of opportunities this season and last season where, you know, decisions have gone against us. We should have had penalties. We should have had, you know, opportunities in games and just not being given. And you look at them and they're not given. And you look at them and you think they're penalties. Well, why are they not being given? But he was poor. He was just giving out bookings. He seems that he didn't book any of the Tottenham players. Tottenham players were feigning injury, Madison being one of them. And they were just like, you know, trying to delay the game. They were doing everything they possibly can. But it seems to be Everton players were getting booked. And, they were, you know, it seems to be he, he was looking away at certain decisions. That is what was going on on the field. And you're just like, if I look that way and I don't see it, I don't know, I just... It was another poor refereeing display. I can understand the anger that we felt at the end of the game. Um, that uh, typically is another referee trying with the VAR officials to try and screw us out of getting um, a point or even three points. You know, and as I mentioned about the phone game, it's just, you know, it's one moment. You see, if we got these decisions, like penalty decisions or anything like that, we would have been further up the table, even with the point deduction, we would have been safely away from the relegation uh, places. But, you know, it just continues on and something needs to be done about it, but it just feels like nothing is being done about it. And it feels like, you know, I, I know the fans forum sent a, a letter to the PGMOL, I forgot what his name is now, who's, who runs the refereeing, side, refereeing association. You know, he needs, you know, to ask the questions about all these instances that we have had, but nothing, nothing. But it's not come back. Um, I've not heard anything. You know what they've come back regarding any of those issues and what why those decisions were made. And but since then we're still getting, you know, the calls going against us all the time. Anyway, so yeah, it was a, it was two all draw, a good point, but you know it could have been more. It was better performance as well, you know. With the players that we currently have, you know, and, you know, we take the positives from it. I have to be positive because there's a lot of bloody negative everywhere else, but it's trying to be positive with, with what we've got. We've got a thin squad, obviously, and we just, they keep on, they went out there and they battled and they did it against Fulham as well. They've gone out there with the, with the, the cars that has been dealt by the manager and by the team itself. And he just gone out there and put a performance in Tottenham. We've got way, way, way better players than we have and Fulham have as well if you look at the players that they have you know currently um, and they've you know they've got everything set up and perfectly for them they've got strong bigger squads they can make more changes than we can and so on and so forth but we'll take the positive we'll take week in week out uh, you know take these performances I know the points are better than nothing and we move forward and hopefully we'll start seeing players coming back like Sir Decore and Arna and you know, we'll start seeing like Seamus Coleman was back obviously in the game and he was monumental in the equalising goal in the second one where, he, you know, he was with Ramos and basically was really going at him after we when we actually equalised. It was like absolutely really going at Ramos and it was fantastic to see. You see that passion and it's great to see him back in the team. It doesn't care how old he is. In that sense, he can, you know, he can still do a job. He can still get on the field and still push, do a do a job that, say, a twenty year old can still do, and it's great. And you know, long may it continue for him, but it's great to see him back in the team and you know, proper captain, proper captain. 
so yeah, that was the, those two games. You know, you know, we got City in the next game. It's going to be this, uh, a very very uh, tough game. Uh, that you know they are. Well, we all know what they how good the team they are, and you know they're going for challenging for win the title again as as per usual. Um, so it'll be a difficult game, but we just all we can do is just set up the best you we, we can. Hopefully, we've got some players coming back, and you know we can just set up and see where it goes. You know that's all we can do, and hopefully we can come away with something. But we'll have to see um, on Saturday. So I'll give I'll give everybody a review on that uh, next Monday. Um, hopefully it'll be positive. If it, if if it's not the result we want, but if it's a good performance, then I'll take that any time. But um, yeah, so. We'll we'll see how that pans out, but yeah, just a little bit, a few things about Saturday that you know the protest obviously continued, um, fantastic support as ever from from everybody from all the fans, you know in the stadium with the placards. I, I just want to thank again, uh, you know, at the eighteen seventy eight group um, and all the volunteers who handed out the cards before the game. Um, it was fantastic to see. That support again, you know, we keep on pushing this protest, keep on point making the points that we need to that we we deserve those ten points back. You know, it's been as it says the Premier League; they don't know what they're doing, and it's absolutely true. And hopefully, the appeal uh, the that took place last week, um, the hearing took place, and now we just wait to find out if we will. We get, you know, we are successful in that appeal. Um, I know the uh, the KC. He was actually uh, a lot of people super silk. I'm going to call him. Um, he was at the game on on Saturday. Hopefully, he's done his bit and he's done everything he can to actually, you know, get the mitigation factors in into the hearing. And hopefully, I would love and I'll be absolutely optimistic. I'm trying to be a positive. That will get all our points back because of you know if the mitigation circumstances that have got us into the position that we are is is taken on board and is actually accepted that that's what's happened. That means that nineteen million pound that you know we've overspend on will be wiped out, meaning that it won't be there. So that means we will not have the points deducted, and we we'll, should have them back. I hope. I'm hope. Please be honest. I'm hopeful of anything, but we'll see. And hopefully, you know, if that's the case, hopefully the second charge will get thrown out as well, meaning that we'll be a little bit further up the table. We can all take a deep breath a bit more, and then we can just focus on getting, you know, moving forward in any way we possibly can. Get to the end of the season. The only thing that, of course, is out there is the trans is is is, is the takeover and. We may hear something more after that appeal, you know, when it's been confirmed what's actually happening. It's a bit of a strange one why the takeover can't happen before, you know, we find out what what's happening in the in the appeal process. It's a bit of a strange one. Of course, they still have all sorts of problems going on. Seven 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 Partners may be putting money in as per usual and trying to keep the club going month to month, which is great in one sense, but. You know, they've got a lot of problems with other businesses that they are part of and everything else that's going on. So there's a lot of concern there. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with that one. But it's, you know, let's be positive and be optimistic, hopefully. 
um, that we will move, you know, we will get those points back in some form. I just hope it's all of them. It would be absolutely fantastic if it was. Um, and then it'll call out basically what the what the Premier League are if that if that was the case because it will then tell us, you know, that the Premier League are corrupt. The Premier League were doing basically charging us just so they can you know to stave off an independent regulator. It's not looking like that way now because we're starting to see, you know, with the DCMS um, writing to them asking questions regarding you know why the point deduction was. Why? Why was it that severe and everything else? That you know, we we'll, we should find out. You know, what we'll find out what they. You know, what you know, it'd be interesting. What masses would? Um, you know, will he have to resign? I think he he needs to resign because I think he's just, you know, terrible. He's a terrible CEO. You know, it's the chair lady. She needs to go as well because they they're making decisions to try and destroy a football club. And I know I've said in the past that the Premier League, I mean, um, you know, the owner of Everton Football Club and the previous board, they've also, you know, caused the problems that we've had over the many years with everything, you know, everything that's happening off the field in that form. And, you know, they've, they've caused it, but the Premier League, have not, you know, they've, they are, instead of helping Everton Football Club to grow and to be better off the field, you know, we've got a new stadium that's being built as obviously that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be better off the field. We're trying to with a new stadium, that means more money coming in. It means sponsors and anybody else wants to, you know, be part of that when it happens because you're, you're 2028, you know, there's going to be games taking place there as well, for, you know, for, for the Euros. So it's all this, all that, you know, there's, there, there's, there's a positive thing in the horizon going forward but it's just not being um it's just being looked at you know and thinking well we don't care you know we don't care if your club goes into administration it feels like they don't care and as much as yeah for a period of time they tried to help the club to make sure they were compliant but you know we sell our best players and we still get a 10 point deduction and they change the rules halfway through the process, um, you know, and these are all wrong things. Why making those decisions? What prompted them to change that decision? Why did they do that? And I've talked about in this podcast many, many times. So it for, for me that if we come away from this with the appeal, you know, and being successful, I feel that the likes of Masters and is Alison Britton, the chair lady and whoever else, they need to really, really look at their, you know, you know, look at themselves, and actually look. At, are they right to actually run the Premier League uh, going forward? You need competent people there, not just dealing with the competition side of it. If they're still dealing with the financial side of it and PSRs and all the other things like that, regulations and everything else that they're going to do. You need better people, competent people, and you also need to be working with the independent regulator to make not just, you know, the six clubs that there are who seem to be getting all the decisions when, you know, on the field at the moment and off the field, they seem to be getting all the money. It seems to be they, they are the, um, you know, where the focus is, is at. And there were 14 clubs, basically, we, we can't, you know, we have to sell players so we can buy players. 
to try and keep you know the, in you know without breaching so you know the rules i know it's changing but you know that shouldn't be the case it should be balanced the competition should be balanced all teams should have the opportunity to challenge and to bring the best players into their team and to actually want to progress and want their team to actually get into your a Luton Town or any team of that nature. It doesn't matter if if the stage is small or we just come from Championship. They should be allowed to, if they have the money, to be able to actually, if they you know, do it right. They should be allowed to actually put that money in to buy the players that they want to try and compete, not just in the league but also you know in the cup competitions. It, you know, is we we will always say though is is it worth Luton? getting a European spot, you know, 90, you know, 99% of, of the of football clubs or football fans will probably say they're too small, they're a small club because they won't ever get Europe, they will ever never win the FA Cup, they'll never ever win any kind of trophy and that's wrong in some sense, I just feel that, you know, every team when the season starts should fans alike should have that confidence and think maybe we could, we could do quite well this season maybe with the players that we bought we can do quite well we can compete can be competitive against the so-called big clubs but in reality we're all big clubs when you're in the premier league and it should be treated like that not masters who comes out and says that everton and nottingham forest or all the other clubs are all small clubs because he's referring to the other six clubs as the big clubs and everybody else are all small. And that just gives an attitude from the Premier League and from Masters' point of view that you're a small club, you stay as a small club, you don't go you go beyond your means. You don't go beyond your means. You don't go and spend hundreds of millions, you know, millions and millions of pounds on players to try and compete. No, you stay where you are. You stay in your your place. Leave it to these other clubs, the big clubs. They know where they're, you know. You know, that's where we want it to be. And it shouldn't be like that. And anyway, I can ramble on and on and on. But yeah, just before I go, I just want to say um, also TNT. I didn't mention this. I should have mentioned it earlier on. Great coverage from them. Not like Sky Sports, who um, tried to hide all the story you know about the uh, points deduction about the protests about what we're doing or why we're doing it you know everything else they were fantastic they allowed the, the placards they talked about they allowed the car when we put behind them they interviewed um ben ben winstanley from uh, the bulls view uh, on the pitch before the game so they got the fans perspective as well so it was really, really good coverage which it needs to happen more more so and it's just a shame that we have Sky Sports which has been in bed with um, you know the Premier League since uh, 92, 93 when it first inception that it seems to be that they've taken notes from, from them to, to hide things of course Andy Burnham says you know I had an interview and it doesn't get aired you know I, I believe Toffee TV guys have did an interview and basically you know, they took it. They didn't. They didn't air it. They didn't do anything with it. And basically, since then, they've not even been asked to be on Sky Sports News. 
at all since then so which is a bit um you know and it just seems to be they're trying to black out the whole radio silence as it's called um anything that is ever related or anything that we are talking about or what we feel and it's not been given any kind of national press the news you know sky sports news i don't even talk about you know the letter that dcms has sent to um you know the premier league nothing because you're too busy um having a good time talking about jürgen klopp you know and leaving as leaving that you know leaving liverpool at the end of the season i just it's just it just baffles me and you know we need to be in a balanced w- world where fair views and you just see here both sides of the argument both sides of the story but it just seems to be sky sports or a lot of national based journal- newspapers journalists you know decide to take if they are talking about the points deduction or they're talking about they take the side of the premier league and it, it's like it seems to be they're their paymaster and there is they don't give any kind of balance or any kind of balance view what we feel or what the club feels or what Evertonians feel about everything and anything that's going on and it, it's, it's just not fair at all and it's not just us you know it's every for the other 14 clubs it just seems to be they spend most of their time national media and if we're talking about those six clubs we don't care about anywhere else Newcastle gets a bit of scope a little bit because it wrongs them. But if you think about it, everybody else is like, don't care. You know, you sit, you know, you stay where you are. You stay, don't talk about anything like that. No, we don't, don't deserve, don't deserve any kind of headlines, any, any kind of, you know, support from, from that side of it. Anyway, I, I ramble on as per usual. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with the appeal, with the takeover, with everything else. Um, it, it's just going to be interesting. I just hope we can have a positive, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but anyway, yeah. On that note, thank you again for listening as per usual. Thank you for the support as per usual with listening to this podcast. Um, I'll be back next Monday with more ramblings. Um, hopefully we might come away with a positive result against Man City. So we'll see going forward. So I want to wish everybody a good week. Take care and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.